Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and put your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. About two years ago, um, I was helping Ty and Sean and Phil at a, at a ranch over here uh, just south of Franktown. And, and some of you's some of you's heard that story. Some of you would have heard that story if you'd been paying attention. Others, y'all just, y'all weren't here, so I'm going to tell it again. But it has to do with this gray mare just over my left shoulder out here grazing. Um, you know, I've, I've started learning how to how to do some stuff differently than, than tying on hard and fast. And, and so we was out there, and we was going to doctor these, these uh, big heifers that day. And so anyway, I think Ty went in there and, you know, he missed and Sean missed and Phil missed. And I went in there and I was going to miss too, because this was my, the, the, the thing that the cow that we were going to doctor was just as big as my horse, because Fiona's not that big. But uh, unfortunately, I, I didn't miss. I, I caught. And not only did I catch, but I caught a front leg. And usually that's, that's not a bad thing. But instead of just being around their neck, now they've got it around their shoulder. And it's just kind of like a pulling harness. And so anyway, I've got this 60-foot rope. And, and, and I dally onto this this. Uh, this big old heifer, and she's wheeling around. She's blah, blah, you know how they do, and they're going this way and that way and this way and that way. And boy, I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm, I, you know, Fiona, she's giving it all she has, right? And all of a sudden, she starts, like, trying so hard to hold this thing that she starts going down like this, and she starts going down like this, and she starts going down like this, and all of a sudden, her neck and her legs or like this. Well, guess what happens to a saddle whenever a horse puts its head down and its feet out in front of it? Yep. So all of a sudden, I'm like this, and I start going down, and I'm like, uh-oh. Of course, I, I, I'm not savvy enough yet because things are happening too quick. I should have just slipped a little rope, but because I was on mule hide and, and because the rope slipped, I'd, I'd stack dallies on about like this tall. I had that thing wrapped up there, about 14 feet of rope wrapped around that saddle horn. It wouldn't have slipped if I'd have let go of everything. And so anyway, I'm sitting there, and she starts going down, and I don't really know what to do except hang on. And all of a sudden, my saddle slides, and then all of a sudden, my feet are on the ground. And then we're about this high in the air because now the saddle is up by Fiona's head. Well, she raises up, and if you have never still been dallied with both feet in the stirrups, and the horse's head is literally this far from your saddle horn, and then the cow takes off and pulls me out. And I hit the ground out there, and I am still got both feet in the stirrups, and I'm still dallied, right? Luckily, the cow turned around and stopped and stuff like that, and Ty and Sean came in and got ropes on her and everything. But I got up, and I looked, and Fiona looked at me like this for a second and started eating. That's her saving grace. So I undallied, you know, took me about 14 minutes to unstack all my dallies and undo my cinches and go back over there and, and uh, saddle Fiona back up. I got some questions for you today. Does it feel like life has been jerking you down on your face? Does it feel like, you know, you're doing everything you can, but no matter what, it just seems like you end up face first in the grass? Does it, do you just wish every once in a while that something might go your way? I mean, does it feel like, man, you, you try so hard, you try so hard, and you, you're like, come on, come on, come on, you know, and, and, and it doesn't work out. I know you felt like that because I felt like that too. 
And does it seem like the harder you try, the harder it is? I mean, I, I, I've had people tell me, you know, uh, man, I, I'm trying real hard to follow God, but, you know, I, I literally had a guy tell me this. I'm trying really hard to follow God, but my life is getting harder by doing that, so I may have to put this Christian thing on hold for a little while. You know what? I, <laughs> I kind of giggled at that, but, man, I get that. I get that. Because, man, when, when, when you start, if you're just going with the world and doing things the way the world wants you to do things, oh, man, you know, you're not going to have that, that big of a problem. But, man, when you start trying to swim upstream, when you start doing things, you know, the Bible says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you start going upstream, man, you start getting bombarded with stuff. Is that how you feel? Today we're going to start a four-part series, and it's going to... It's going to be entitled, How to Deal with a Jerk. And I'm not talking about your husband, okay? This isn't a marriage series or anything. This is about what happens when, when a problem that you are latched onto, man, what happens when it starts jerking you around? Are there some things that you can do to uh, keep your seat in the saddle? You know, there was a, there was a fella that, that latched onto something pretty big also. You know, he, he wasn't riding a horse. But his story, this part of his story is found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And, and what has happened is Israel is at war with these, with these people called the Philistines. Or some preachers will say Philistines. I don't know how you say it. They was an honorary group of people that was, they were bad news, man. They, they, would, uh, they, they had no morals about them, man. If, if they wanted something and they always wanted something, they believed in child sacrifice. I mean, these, these are people that would throw their babies in the fire. I mean, you know, th these are bad people, okay? You know, th these are not nice people. And Israel is at war with the Philistines, and they're lined up uh, along this kind of, in this valley. And Israel's on this side, and the uh, Philistines are on this side. And there's this fella, and, and most of you has either know the story or heard the story of David and Goliath. Okay, Goliath is this, is this fella that is, I mean, he's a giant, okay? He's not just a little fella, he's a big fella. And he's gone out, and every day he goes out and he says, I'm challenging the best fighter in Israel. I will fight him, he will fight me. If I win, Israel is our slaves, and if y'all win, we will be your slaves. And the entire army of Israel's like, uh-uh, I ain't doing it. <laughs> Ain't happening, boss. You know, we'll just stand here. We'll either all fight, but nobody's brave enough to fight one-on-one. -on -one. Well, there's this fellow named David. Okay, David is a little shepherd boy, probably somewhere between 15 and 20 years old. And he's over there while Israel's fighting the war. He's taking care of the sheep. Well, his dad, Jesse, comes and says, you got two brothers that are on the front lines of the war over there. I want you to take them some biscuits and gravy or something. I don't know if it's biscuits and gravy, but anyway. Uh, he says, go over there. Somebody else take care of the sheep for a little day, and y'all go over there, and you give your brother some food. So David says, all right. So he strikes a long trot over there, and about 20 miles from where he's at. And he gets over there to the front lines, and you can kind of picture there's an army right here and an army right here. He finds his brothers in the army, and he, you know, here's you some vittles, you know, and and what's going on out here? And about that time, this fella Goliath walks out. And I mean, he is cussing Israel out. He is cussing their mamas. He's cussing their sisters. He's cussing their daddies. He's cussing their God. And everybody's just sitting there taking it. Like, well, you know, he, well, let's just talk. You know? And they're all trembling in their britches, right? Well, David, David gets mad about it. He says, well, by gosh, who the heck does this guy think he is? 
And he says, well, why isn't somebody doing something about it? He said, well, King Saul has offered <laughs> the king of Israel, right? He says this, he says, if somebody will go fight Goliath, I will give them my prettiest daughter and I will give them a fortune in gold that they don't have to pay taxes on. Now, this guy must have been big because, you know, to have the king's daughter, then all of a sudden you become a prince and nobody's taking him up on it. So either they're real scared or he's got some ugly daughters. I don't know. That's just, that's pure speculation on my part. And some of y'all, some of y'all, you know, youngins like my boy, you know, he's probably like, king's daughter? You know, he doesn't even hear the fortune part, you know. But anyway, I, I, I take, I, I might have done it for, for the no taxes part, just to, just to gig at the government a little bit, but that's just, that's just me. But anyway, so David says, I don't care about the king's daughter, and I, and I really don't care about the money, but that guy ain't going to talk about my God like that. So he goes over to Saul, and he says, hey, man, I'll go whoop that fella. <laughs> now, David, he was kind of a scrawny fella. He's, well, he's wiry like me, you know. We're, 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 very, we're very deceptive, you know. And uh, he says, man, there, I've got people that have trained to be warriors since they were boys that can't beat him. Who do you think you are? He goes, well, I'm David. And he said, yeah, that fella's big, but I've already killed a bear, and I've already killed a lion. So Saul sits there a second, he's thinking, Man, this little kid's out there by himself with the sheep. He's already killed a bear by himself. He's already killed the lion. And he says he can kill this fellow because that ain't fella ain't nothing compared to bear or lion. So he says, all right. He said, well, here, let me put this armor on you. And he puts all this armor on David. And he's like, I can't do this. He says, all I need is my sling. And we're not talking about a slingshot, guys. We're not talking about, you know, those little things you pull back and whack, you know, with the little BBs. Man, this thing was, was like a... a, a well, it, I guess the best way you can describe it is it, it looked kind of like some of y'all, some of these girls these days, they're bikini tops. You know, it was a, a, just a thin piece of cord with a little bit of fabric on it. Just one piece, not two pieces. The sling only had one piece of fabric on it. But you'd put a stone there in that pocket and you'd swing it around, you'd flick it at things, and then I guess it was pretty deadly, right? So, so David goes over there and he picks up five stones and he goes to square off against Goliath. How to take a jerk without getting pulled down. You want to talk about really grabbing hold of a problem? Man, David has voluntarily latched on to something that uh, he's, he's got a problem, okay? We know the end of the story, but I want you to put yourself in David's shoes, or, or better yet, maybe let's, let's, let's join the army and let's watch what's going on, because I guarantee you that if they would have had a Calcutta right before David did this, man, all the money would have been on Goliath, okay? You could have picked up David for just, just a few shekels probably, okay? Nobody can think that this little shepherd boy with a sling, and he gets five stones, but, you know, I mean, he, he only needs one, really. And so he's going to go out there, and he's going to latch on to Goliath, the biggest, meanest, possibly the honoriest warrior in the entire world, David's going to tie on to him. And he's going to tie on to him hard and fast. I remember we were uh, there, there in Texas helping a buddy of mine, and uh, Bull jumped the fence, and we got over there, and Bull was running off and everything, and it was me and this, this other fellow named Shane, and finally, it wasn't a real big bull, it was a, a Corrienti bull, and Anyway, I got tired of chasing him through everything, and I knew he was going to jump some more fences, and he's just being ornery, so I just reached out there and roped him. And, I, and I'll never forget, I, I roped him, and, I, and, and I, I was tied on, and, David, and, and Shane said, now what are you going to do? <laughs> I don't know, but he's not going to go anywhere. That, 
I go where he goes, and he goes where I go. And, and sure enough, we got that bull through. You know, he just needed to pull him in the right way. And, but you want to talk about being able to handle a jerk. You want to talk about whenever your life just seems like, man, it, it, you're just getting pulled around, and maybe you're getting pulled off your saddle and, and, and hitting face first out there in the pasture because either you have felt like that before, you may be feeling like that with a situation in your life right now, or you may, no, you're not, you may not, you are going to feel like that in the future. This is life. This is how to handle it. But how do we handle it like Christians? We can learn three things of how to handle a big old jerk. How to, what, when you tie on to a problem that, uh, that just seems like it's going to drag you down, it's going it's to beat you up. It, I mean, sometimes you even think some of these problems may kill you. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, starting in verse 45, we can learn three things from how David, what he said to Goliath right before he hit him with a stone, knocked him down, and went and cut his head off. This is what David said. David said, David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin. Okay, so picture this. The dude ain't just a giant, okay? He's a giant. He's got a sword and a spear and a javelin, and David's standing there with a sling, right? I mean, picture this, but this is David. He walks out there to Goliath and says, you come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. <laughs> Man, hang on a second. Can you see what's happening here? I mean, this little old scrawny sheep herder has gone out there and he has just bowed up to the biggest, baddest hombre on the planet. And he says, I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. But he don't stop there. David says, today the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and I will cut off your noggin. Man, you want to talk about being a little bit bold? I love David. He says, man, the Lord's going to conquer you today. I will kill you and cut off your head. <laughs> and then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with a sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. Wow, I'm not much on just standing up here and reading, but I'm gonna read that again and I ain't gonna stop. And I want you to picture in your mind a little bitty old shepherd boy, somewhere between the age of 15 and 20, that has just walked out to the biggest, baddest ombre on the planet, and this is what he says. You come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head, and then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there's a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. You tied on to a problem that seems like it's going to jerk you down. Today, we're going to talk about how to keep your head up. How to keep your head up. Because that day out there in that pasture, whenever I was roping, when Fiona went down and down and down, when she put her head down, we lost all leverage. We lost all leverage and things started slipping. Is that how it feels in your life? When, when, when there's a problem that, man, you, you just can't tackle this thing by sheer force. You've got to work smarter. The first thing that you've got to do is you've got to keep your head up. How to keep your head up? 
when faced with a giant problem. The first thing David teaches us in verse 45 is to have faith in God. In verse 45, he says, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. You know, the Bible says that our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against the evil rulers and principalities that rule this world. It's a, it's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle each and every day. And I'm here to tell you that most of our problems are a spiritual one. They're not a physical one. The physical is just a symptom of the problem. If we would just get right with God, we would be able to hear Him. If we would just get right with God and know who He is and how much He loves us, then we could get close to Him. And whenever we do all of that, man, He will start doing things in our lives that are beyond comprehension. That people wouldn't, wouldn't bet two bucks on you in a Calcutta. You'll walk out of there like a boss. Because that's what David did that day. See, in order to, to face one of these problems, how to take a jerk... When the problem is latched onto you and you don't know what to do, the first thing you got to do is you have to understand that most of our problems are spiritual, that we have to have faith in God. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's army, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Keep your head up. God is on your side. Here's the other thing. I said this a few weeks ago. Look, I know that this is hard for some of you to believe, but God's not mad at you. He's on your side. God loves you. It is, he doesn't love you despite the bad, you know, like he doesn't just love you if you don't do bad things. He loves you in spite of the, of the lives that some of us lead. And he wants us to be better. He's guiding us better. He's guiding you to be better because you're here today. God chose me to come all the way to Colorado to speak his word. And you know what? That, is, that pales in comparison to the reason that you're here today. You are here today because God knows that you've got a Goliath in your life and he wants you to hold your head up. And he is telling me to tell you today that your problems aren't a physical problem. It's a spiritual problem. And he is the answer. Get close to him. How did David know? How could he go in there with such confidence? Because you know what? Him and God were tight. He knew how much God loved him. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, despite all the mistakes that David made, the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. Why? Because David knew he was parged with God. He knew that God loved him. And you know what? Go read the Psalms. All of those Psalms that David wrote, David constantly said, man, I want to follow you. I want to do it your way, not my way. I'm going to do things the way you said. Your precepts I will keep. Your commandments I will keep. I will do things the way you say them because I want to do anything I can to get tight with you. The second thing of how to keep your head up when faced with a giant problem is found in the very next verse. When you give God the credit, you get the victory. When you give God the credit, you get the victory. Because in verse 46 it says, today the Lord will conquer you. David never once thought he was a part of that battle. He was just the messenger boy. Today, the Lord will conquer you, he said to Goliath, and the whole world will know that there's a God in Israel. Do you see what David did right there? David was fixing to be the most famous person in Israel. A little shepherd boy that's going to beat the mightiest warrior in all of the world. And what does David do? He said, today the Lord will conquer you and the whole world will know that there's a God in Israel. How many, did, did you think, David didn't say, today the Lord will conquer you and everybody will know who David is. That's not what he said. 
Man, he was given all the credit. He was depending upon God before, and he was going to give God the credit after. Before it had even happened, he, had, he walked out there in faith knowing that God had his back, and he was going to give God the credit before anything had even happened yet. You want to keep your head up? You want to know how to keep your head up whenever you're latched onto a problem, and you're just going there, and you're getting pulled around, and man, you got 14 dallies stacked, and you can't, you can't slip no rope, and you just know that you're headed for a fall? You've got to keep your head up. We do that by knowing that most of our problems are spiritual. Keep your head up. Go to God. Have faith in Him. And give God the credit for what He's going to do in your life. Start giving it to Him now. Say, you know what, man? God's good. I'm going to give God the credit for this. And the third thing, how to keep your head up when, that, when, you, and that, when you and your Goliath are going head to head. The last thing is this. Get out of the way. Just get out of the way. Easier said than done, I know. But see, David didn't get in God's way because at the, at, in verse 47 it said, This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. Just get out of the way. See, a lot of us are depending upon ourselves. See, we, we want God to help us so that we can do something, so that we can feel better, so that we can be happy, so that we can solve a problem. That's not what David says. David says, man, I'm just going to get out the way and sick them, God. I mean, seriously, that, that's what happened. Man, all David did, man, he just reached down there and just unclipped the leash. Not that we can put God on a leash. That's not what I'm saying. But just for illustration purposes, he said, man, I'm just going to get out of the way. Let God handle it. You know, I, I, in, in my book, uh, two of the books I've written, I, I think I put it in the second one also, but I had a story of this, you know, it was a proverbial, you know, kind of rancher that lives in a community. It was set in the Old West, and an outlaw comes to town, and the outlaw starts, you know, taking control of everything and, and uh, taking money from people, and he's just terrorizing everything. So this rancher, he's a godly man, and he starts praying. He's like, God, you know, will you do something about it? And God says, I'm going to use you to do something about it, and blah, 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 and I want you to go stand up to this fella. Like, all right, well, I don't know how to stand up to him, but I'll, you know, I'll challenge him to a duel, I guess. So he puts his pistol on, and he's kind of gives his old son a hug and says, hey, man, I'll be back. You know, God told me to, to stand up to this fella and everything. He said, man, I'll be home for supper. You feed, the, you feed the cows, whatever. And he goes in, and he hollers at the guy at the proverbial high noon, come out here, I'm going to meet you in the street. And the guy comes out there, and he just laughs, kind of like Goliath did. He just laughed. He said, man, you ain't going to do this anymore. He said, who's going to stop me? He said, I am. He said, all right, when that clock strikes noon, we'll draw and we'll see what happens. So when the clock struck 12, they pulled out their pistols and they both fired. And the next thing you know, the dust settles and the rancher is standing there next to Jesus in heaven. And he's like, whoa, what happened? He said, well, that fella killed you. He said, well, well that, that's not what's supposed to happen. And Jesus says, no. It wasn't. He said, then, 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 then why didn't you help me? He said, oh, I was there. He said, well, if you were there, why didn't you do something about it? And he said, because you were standing between me and him. He said, I told you to stand up to him. I didn't tell you to fight him. Maybe that's us. Always trying to do things on our own. If you've got a problem in your life that is just jerking you around, it's, maybe it's jerked you down time and time and time and time again. You want to know how to deal with that? You got to keep your head up. Because if you put your head down, man, stuff is going to start sliding. You're going to end up on your face. You're going to end up, somebody else is going to have to come in and, and do your stuff for you. Have faith in God. Most of our problems are spiritual. Get right with God. When you give God the credit, you get the victory. Keep your head up and get out of God's way and let him fight the battle. Your battle is to get as close as you can to him. And the way that you do that is you start denying yourself. Because all of us are looking out for numero uno. 
We think the things that are good are things that make us happy, and that's not the case. If it brings us pleasure, then it's good. If it brings us pain, it's bad, but that's not necessarily true. God says to deny yourself, to do things his way. Stop talking bad about people. You know, if you've got an addiction, man, cut it out. If you're doing whatever is in your life that is contrary to the word of God, that is your battle. Stop it. Start loving on people. Start doing things the way God does. And all these problems that you start thinking are the main problem, the problem is you're not close enough to him. And he's, he, he can't get no closer. He's not going to override your choice. You've got a choice if you're going to do that or not. But you've got to keep your head up. You've got to have faith in God. You've got to give him the credit. And you've got to get out of God's way and let him fight for you. And here's a final question. One more question. Maybe it's more of a statement that I'd like for you to ponder on. And that's this. Maybe the problem you're facing is the thing that will propel you towards God's plan for your life. Because you know what Goliath was? He was a mountain-sized problem of a man that David kept his head up and he did what God told him to do. He was the man that God wanted him to be. And that was the springboard that propelled David into being the king of Israel. And I ain't saying that you're gonna become the king of anything. But you know what? That big problem that you're facing right now that you're going through, God knows about it, God loves you, and he can use that problem to propel you forward if you will allow him to do so. Let's go to God in prayer. God, we come to you today battle-weary from depending on ourselves, uh, doing things our way, and getting mucked out at every turn. Your son has already given us victory over sin and conquered death so that we may have abundant lives in service to you. God, help those of us who are self-reliant become Jesus-reliant. And God, we just ask that you prepare us for the victory today. And it's in Jesus' name we come to you. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us for another clinic. Before you ride off, we have a special gift for you. Save the Cowboy has a brand new app available for iPhones and Android smartphones and tablets. You never have to miss another message, and we've thrown even more stuff in. There's a Bible, our full unedited clinics, cowboy devotionals, videos. You can even order our books or call and talk to me. That's a ton of stuff that will keep you riding right beside the Lord for years to come. Please download it by searching your app store for Save the Cowboy, and don't forget to lend us a hand if God has blessed you and you like what we're doing. Just text Save the Cowboy to 77977. That's Save the Cowboy to 77977. For Save the Cowboy, I'm Kevin Weatherby. Stay out of the wire.